Welcome to Base Liberty, your source for politics. The government is way too big, way too intrusive, we are overtaxed. History. The right to self-defense is a natural, God-given right. The founders clearly understood this. Economics. We can't just keep printing off money, we can't just keep borrowing money. If you think this path is sustainable, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. And more. From a liberty perspective. I've got to disagree with you there. The income tax is clearly immoral because it assumes you don't own the fruit of your labor, the government. With your host, Darren Wisely. Deregulation and decentralization are the answers if we're ever going to get this thing back on track. We need to look to families, churches, and charities, not the, the state. Base Liberty episode 18. Darren Wisely here. Happy to be with you today. It is Friday. October 2nd, 2020. September's over, so it's time to wake up Green Day. And uh, I just wanted to start off saying thanks so much for the support. Last episode, the one on uh, Judge Barrett, is actually right now, as I'm recording this, tied for the most views of any of my podcasts. And the last few episodes have really been spiking in views, so I know a lot of that um, goes out to you guys for for sharing, liking, subscribing, telling your friends about the show. And uh, I just want to let you know I really appreciate it. Um, it's really humbling that people even want to listen to you know my opinion on things. So it is flattering. And um, it means a lot. You know, we've got a couple people now contributing. Um, if you want to help out the show, if you like what we're doing, you can go to choosewisely.org. Or the anchor page and, you know, just throw a few pennies in or a few bucks a month. You know, whatever you're comfortable with. But we're bringing our third show of the week to you. And uh, with the support, with the views, with the positive feedback, that's going to help us grow the show. You want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, five-star review. That's going to help us out. Love bringing you guys more content. And when we're getting these views, it shows me, okay, keep doing what you're doing. Um... As Dr. Paul has said, if you subsidize something, you get more of it. If you tax it, you get less of it. And if you outlaw it, you get a black market. He said something like that. <laughs> so, hey, earlier this week, everyone said, hey, can you do a debate episode? So, be careful what you wish for. So, I will give you just that. And anyone who suffered through this just horrendous debacle it was an absolute dumpster fire 20 minutes into it i had a headache 30 minutes in i was ready to just turn the tv off and be done with it but i suffered through it for you guys so i could make this episode you're welcome it was just two old guys arguing over each other cutting each other off uh, no substance it was just miserable to sit through um you know, Biden was surprisingly coherent. Uh, I've heard rumors, you know, maybe they injected him with something. Could have been methamphetamine. Maybe shoved some Adderall down his throat. I don't know. Um, his eyes were just were just creepy. But compared to what we've seen through the few times he's had the media in front of him where he just seemed clueless, uh, you know, not seeming to know where he is or maybe even what office he's running for, he, he seemed to... Now, of course, he wasn't good, but the expectation is so low, uh, he seemed relatively coherent. So whatever they did with him, uh, looked like he had a ton of Botox or makeup going on. I mean, he, he looked creepy. I mean, he looked like when you go to a funeral uh, for an elderly person that died peacefully, 
and there's an open casket, he looks the way they would they would dial that person up for the viewing. Now, Trump was awful. I was kind of embarrassed for him, and he seemed very frustrated. I think he kind of thought he was just going to waltz in there, Joe was going to talk about corn pops and his leg hairs, and that was going to be it. He seemed angry. He seemed like he was really trying to push the buttons and be so for he, of course we know Trump's an alpha we know he's going to be aggressive but he just tried way too hard he was just everything he said was just swinging for the fences throwing haymakers and uh it was just a terrible look you know someone who's watching this objectively I mean how many people don't have a team picked by now that's a whole nother point is was anyone's mind going to be changed by this anyways or was it changed he definitely wasn't winning people to his side with his performance and the real loser of the debate was Chris Wallace. I mean, I'm surprised that guy still has a job. That was an absolutely horrendous job of moderating. Um, he just let both of them ramble on. He let them interrupt each other left and right. He had no control over the situation. I mean, that just had to, I mean, at the end, he was just kind of like laughing about it or whatever. It's like, dude, you're the one who screwed this up. I mean, millions of people are watching this and you're a complete joke. Um, and he was clearly Biden biased. He's clearly a Democrat, you know, which is fine. But I mean, he, Lou Rockwell pointed out that he interrupted Trump about 76 times to Biden around 15. Now, Trump did, um, did interrupt Biden more. So yeah, it makes sense that Wallace is going to interrupt Trump more, but the pro Biden bias was apparent not only from the interrupting, but also from the questions. Now that's no excuse. Trump's performance was despicable. So let's get right into that. Trump missed some real opportunities in this debate. What do I mean by that? Well, he should, if he was had a good strategy, he would have just let Biden talk. I mean, it's clear that Biden had a bunch of canned one-line answers. I mean, he, I'll give Biden to his credit for him being old, having almost no energy, having mental decline. He was well-prepared, so he must have put in that effort, you know, along with his handlers. But... So Biden always had his answer ready. If Trump was smart, he would have just shut his mouth. I know Trump shutting his mouth, not very realistic, but he would have shut his mouth, let Biden say his canned answer, but then after that, when he didn't have something memorized, he would have said something stupid. He would have tripped over himself, but Trump always cut him off before Biden got that chance, and then it got in this tussle, and that's where just this, oh, this nails on a chalkboard interrupting chaos was going on that was a poor mistake but you know like i said trump just seemed angry and i think you know i'm sure he didn't prepare that's his style is to kind of just i'm donald i'm gonna walk in and waltz all over this which is fine but when trump's at his best is when he's laid back when he's counter punching you know when you look at the 2016 debates both in the primary but especially with hillary clinton when was he the best? When he was counterpunching. When when Hillary criticized him, I mean, I still remember it. Because you'll be in jail. You know, those just little quips, timely. Not just coming out of the gate, throwing blind haymakers, but but being precise, counterpunching. You know, because he's very witty. He has a good sense of humor. He has that entertainment value. But when he's trying so hard, um, it just doesn't work. It doesn't stick. So he really needs to pick his opportunities and not just you know, say whatever. And of course the constant, there's a time and a place to interrupt like the you'll be in jail. 
but just to do it constantly. Then when you have something good to say, it's going to get lost in the, oh, Trump, can you shut up? Quit interrupting. And then Chris Wallace takes over because, you know, newsflash Chris Wallace, people aren't there to watch you, although he sure thought so. But um, just his his kind of anger, his overaggression did not pan out for him. And especially when, you know, you compress that to Biden, who's he's kind of going up there and he's hanging his head and you know uh, <laughs> so what about on policy some other missed opportunities uh for trump on covid you know he he didn't really know where he was on it he kind of went back and forth he didn't really articulate i mean trump should have just come out and said look Look, Joe, if you were president right now, this whole country would be shut down. We'd be in even more of an economic mess. Who knows when it would last? As president, yes, I shut some things down in the beginning. We opened it up. I left everything else to the states, which is my job. I don't have the authority to just go in and shut down the whole country, which you would have done unconstitutionally. And the states with the hardest lockdowns, the states that have been hit worst, both in deaths and uh, in just the tyranny of these lockdowns, they're Democrat-run states. Look at New York. Look at Cuomo. These are all Democrats running them. That's your party, Joe, not mine. That's what Trump should have said. But he just kind of, the problem with some of these questions is Trump takes the premise of the question as fact. Well, you didn't do enough for this. Well, yes, I did. And he has to explain everything he did. But what he should do is say, look, that's not my job. That's up to the governors. I let them do their job. I did the right thing by showing restraint. And that's the problem with modern politics. No one ever gets credit for show, outside of you know a few circles, gets credit for showing restraint. Hey, this person didn't do something that would have made it worse. It's always, what'd you do? What'd you do? And it's never going to be enough. But most thing government does, it screws up, especially on the federal level. Leave it to the states. Leave it to the localities. For the most part, that's what he did, but he got caught up in just these stupid arguments, arguing back and forth. All he got to say is, look, Joe, you would have shut it all down. I left it open. The Democrat-run state screwed it up the most. That's your party. And that would have been it. Another example of just accepting the premise of the question was this whole white supremacy thing. And, and it just shows the bias of Chris Wallace. First off, the very fine people quote is factually inaccurate. Even fake Jake Tapper from CNN has said that this very fine people quote is not about white supremacists or neo-Nazis or what have you. The very he, Trump said in 2017 there are very fine people on both sides and I'm not talking about white supremacists or Nazis. So this is just a media smear campaign, but the fact that the moderator of the debate is saying, well, you said this, well, that's an absurd lie. And then Trump, you know, he wouldn't outright denounce it, which made some people mad, but he did denounce it three years ago. He shouldn't have to now. I'm not on the bandwagon. And even some people on the right say, Trump should just denounce it. Well, he already did. I mean, how many times do you have to denounce something? I mean, do I have to come on this show and every episode start, by the way, I don't like white supremacists. I don't like slavery. Um... It's like, no, I mean, you said it, that's the point, and move on. What I'm saying he did wrong isn't not outright denouncing white supremacy, but outright denouncing Chris Wallace's statement. No, Chris, you have that wrong. You and your fake news are always taking things out of context to make everyone right of center look like a racist. That's all he had to say. And when I start talking about Biden, you're going to see this. 
If Trump just had the facts at his fingertips, could have blown Biden out of the water. If he just had a few facts, he doesn't need to show up and be Rain Man, but if he had someone good in his debate team saying, give him a few economic numbers, a few other things, because Biden lied continuously. Now, we know Trump loves his puffery, the biggest mask I've ever seen. And I mean, you know, he had a few funny things he threw in there. Mask like him, every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking... 200 feet away from it, he shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. <laughs> a lot more going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. Was, President? Did you use the word smart? Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't <laughs> go to Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. 47 years, you've done nothing. Well, let's in there, but they just didn't stick very well because he was constantly interrupting. He seemed angry rather than witty. But if he just had those facts on, uh, it really could have been a way different debate. So Joe Biden, he beat the expectations. As I said, he came out coherent. He obviously had a lot of prep. Who, I mean, honestly, the fact that they got him in that condition, someone um, deserves, you know, campaign person of the year. Although the fact that they let him, let him out on the loose the past year saying all these dumb things might negate that. But whoever prepped him, good job. And you can see Biden kind of trying to take that moderate lane that he at one point had. Democrats used to really go for the white working class people. And he... He tried to shift to that moderate lane. That could help him. But the problem is, if you look at his platform, there's nothing moderate about it. So if you just go off that debate, that could be a moderate appeal, especially when Trump was as off-putting as he was last night. Because last night, all the things that Trump does on Twitter, all the things that you know suburban women hate or you know people on the fence, even though they might like some of his policies, that was his Twitter persona right there. Whereas in 16, it was it was the funny, the witty, the fighter. So Trump constantly badgering Biden helped him. I think it um, gave him some of the sympathy card. But where Trump really helped Biden is that he was interrupted. So Biden didn't really have to put together many complete thoughts. He gets a sentence in. Trump interrupts. Wallace jumps in. Biden shakes his head. Looks like a sad puppy dog. And that's it. So he doesn't ever have to really explain a policy. And that would have tripped him up. But he did tell countless lies and and substantive ones. Uh, now, when Trump talked about Hunter and all the money Hunter's received illegally, of course, riding his father's coattails to do so, uh, Biden brought up Bo, his other son, who died. Of course, Trump wasn't talking about Bo. But Chris Wallace just, oh, let's move on from this. And, you know, from a strategic point, I guess Biden, that was smart because he never had to answer that. People who aren't, weren't really paying attention might feel sympathetic, of course, to try to play this narrative that Trump doesn't like veterans or something. Pivoted well out of that. On the economy, under the Obama-Biden administration, the United States did have the worst economic recovery since the Great Depression. And he somehow, the things he made up about Trump and the economy were just blatant lies. I mean, blatant lies. Uh, the manufacturing jobs, that was a lie. Manufacturing jobs have increased under Trump. But Trump doesn't have those facts and figures at his fingertips. If we just said we had X amount of job increase, we had this economic growth, 
I mean, he did get on, Trump did get on some of that at certain points. We had the shutdown. We still are coming back. Great. But he wasn't able to just shut down Biden. Part of that was just the stupid interrupting and bickering. But part of it is he just didn't have that ready, readily available. A little preparation would have gone a long way for Trump because Biden really got these lies in about the things people like most about Trump, which is the economy, which is blue-collar manufacturing jobs, keeping things here. I mean, that is the thing that your average person who is going to vote for Trump but maybe is on the fence, maybe isn't typically a Republican, that's what they like about him. And for Biden to take a dig at that, smart strategically, but they were blatant lies, and Trump didn't really ha dismiss them, and that's that's to his detriment. The other big lie Biden talked about was the Green New Deal, and we all know about the idiotic Green New Deal, you know, no planes or trains or cow farts, and Biden said, well, no, I'm not part of that. Well, on his website, he does support AOC and the squads deal, um, but again, if someone's just watching the debate, they might think, oh, maybe he is a moderate on this stuff. Maybe he's in their mind, better than Trump, but not as radical as AOC types. But again, that's a lie. He does endorse those policies. He's been catering all along to the far left because that is a lot of the Democratic Party. I mean, in 16, it seemed like a fringe fraction. Now, it's pretty much the base. So Biden, or at least his team, I don't know if he's doing much strategizing these days, knows they need this far left base so he seemed to do some things to cater to the moderate sector but everything else he's done so far has been anything but moderate and another area uh biden won and i i kind of touched on this but the expectations for biden were so low you know i thought they might have to cart him out in 20 minutes um i thought he wouldn't be able to put a sentence together i mean they were so low they shocked everyone he didn't interrupt as much he wasn't as combative in that regard, he exceeded his expectations, and Trump clearly was below the expectations for him. Now, the expectations were different for each one, but Biden did beat his expectations. So where did Trump win? Well, law, number one, law and order. Uh, people are tired of the chaos, the looting, the rioting. They just want to go to, to normal life. Trump is the law and order candidate. And a lot of people like that. And if this is a number one issue to people, they're going to go with Trump. And Trump Trump did hit Joe. You know, he didn't hit Joe many times. At least, at least, well, he didn't hit him many times. But asking why he wouldn't denounce the riots, the looting, all of that stuff, great. Why wouldn't he? Well, I'm not the vice president anymore. Oh, because you can't pick up a phone and call someone? I mean, I could pick up the phone and call someone. I mean... Whether they'd answer is a different story, but if Joe Biden's calling someone, they're probably going to answer. I mean, that was just a lame excuse. So Trump scored good there, and he scored good by talking about all these cities are run by Democrats. Exactly true. So I will say this. While Trump really disgraced himself in a lot of ways, the the stings he had on Biden, the few ones he got in, were, were at least true. The cities are run by Democrats. If you want more of this chaos, more of this burning... Elected Democrat. And then again, about what law enforcement's backed in. And here's the thing. This is, again, where Chris Wallace bias shows because that was a very good point. You know, if, if you're looking at Trump and say, well, he's the law and order candidate, X, Y, and Z law enforcement officers or agencies have backed him. Well, who's backed Biden? 
and he can't think of one, well, there's a clear contrast. Imagine that clip if Wallace doesn't interrupt Biden and Biden's sitting there stuttering, thinking he, you know, for 10 or 20 seconds can't name anything. I mean, that Trump would probably use it in a campaign message. But Wallace kind of cuts it off, moves on. I mean, if you're paying attention, you realize, well, no one in the law enforcement community is supporting Biden. But Wallace just kind of tried to shove it under the rug. Let's keep going. Another thing Trump got right was about the Supreme Court. One of his only few good lines of the night was, I wasn't elected for three and a half years. I was elected for four years. Exactly true. He's got four years. It's his term. He gets to choose the nominee. And then it goes to the Senate, whether that person is confirmed or not, right? That's how the constitutional system works. Trump can nominate whoever he wants. If the Senate doesn't like it, they can kick it out. If they do like it, vote, vote him or her in. With Obama, the Republicans were in the Senate and stopped it. If Democrats had the majority in the Senate, we all know Trump's pick wouldn't be getting in, but they don't. That's why these elections matter. They almost matter too much, but... That's besides the point. But Trump can, con I mean, they're just sitting there whining. And we know if Democrats were in power, they'd be doing it. So it's it's absurd. And then Biden's thing about packing the court. That was another really key point. Will you do it? I don't know. We'll see when I do it. I mean, this person's asking for your vote and saying, hey, vote me in. You'll see once I'm in there. I mean, that's how these Democrats think. I mean, they're such tyrants. Like a mystery toy in a cereal box. Well, once you open it up, after you've already paid for it, you can see what's in there. Now, the box is only two ninety nine, not that big a deal. Obviously, Biden plans to pack the court because he wouldn't say contrary. Now, it's not unconstitutional to do it. So, I'm not as much criticizing him for packing the court. That could be a whole other episode. But the fact that... He, the, the thing that really irked me about it was... Him avoiding the question and that, just vote for me. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. Just do it. Then you'll find out. Really? That's your campaign platform? Another point, similar but not the same, was about the election results. And when they said, are you going to accept them? Well, Trump could have just coherently said, and he kind of got into this. But the problem is he starts going on all these tangents and he doesn't just get right to the point. And he starts interrupting and, you know. But if he just says, look, I was elected for, and Trump got to this point, I was elected for four years, you've been trying to get rid of me. Don't tell Trump, he should, Trump's so like, don't tell me about not elect, accepting the election results. And he hit on that, but not good enough, not coherent enough. It was about the ballots and, you know, we all know there's fraud. A lot of people say so. And these kind of just generic statements. Why not just say, look. And he, again, he pointed on before the campaign and what Obama was doing, and he said something's going to come out about it. I don't know what that's about. But they're still not accepting the results. So don't get upset about him. Don't talk about him not accepting the results when people right now still aren't accepting results from four years ago. Trump wins on the environment too. I mean, this Green New Deal, or and again, this is another area of Trump was just a little more clear and coherent in. He really could get, you know, have some facts and figures available. He really could could score a home run here. But the Green New Deal is a pro-poverty deal. I mean, it would absolutely cripple the economy. And it was a good point of these other countries. I mean, we could cut totally cut off 
<clears throat> everything we're doing industrially, it would be a blip on the radar compared to India, Russia, China, you know, these other countries. This Green New Deal would add, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be polluting anything because we'd be too poor to afford anything. People who understand that are are not going to want to go with Biden when it comes to the environmental stuff. And then the one other area I think tr Trump wins in is this stuff about the critical race theory. I mean, that's great. He's not having them teach. This This is just stuff is absurd. What they're doing is indoctrinating people to say that America is awful. It's the worst place ever. Um, all whites do is oppress people. It teaches whites to hate themselves. It teaches people to hate whites. I mean, when you're doing it in kindergarten, that's child abuse. I mean, you're teaching kids, you know, that, that you're a, basically you're a hero for being oppressed and that you should blame other people for your problems or if you're the white kid, uh, you know, then you're basically a piece of crap and there's nothing you can do besides spending your life apologizing. I mean, it's disgusting. It's backwards. It's ahistorical. And whether they stop doing it or not, because Trump orders them, that's a whole nother issue. But at least he's trying. And people are sick of it. I mean, your mainstream, your middle class, middle of the road voter doesn't like all this racial division. You know, they just want to get along. It's good he took that stand, and people are sick of the political correctness. I mean, that's why Trump won last time. And one other thing I wanted to touch on, this kind of went back to that white supremacist, you know, the whole thing with the Proud Boys, who aren't even a white supremacist group. But how skewed is it that the media, and I'm going to talk about the Democratic Party being involved in this, the mainstream media, the corporate press, and Wallace here specifically, talking about the Proud Boys and all that, this isn't a white supremacist group. They're a group that you have to name five cereal brands to join. They have African-Americans, minorities in their group. And why are we more worried about the Proud Boys than the groups rioting, looting, burning down cities? So we're going to ignore Antifa, these radical leftist groups who are literally trying to hijack an election by saying, well, we're just going to burn everything down if you don't vote our way. But we're worried about these couple people who aren't even racially motivated this really small group i mean it's such a smokescreen for the real issues going on but again it shows you that bias it's subtle because the thing about trump is they give him this little it's like a cat with a laser pointer they put over here and he'll go chase after it because he's always got to be right he's always got to prove himself but that is so distracting from the real narrative the real issues going on i'm glad they're worried about the proud boys when these cities are being destroyed it's ridiculous it's ridiculous. So here's my takeaways. Um, Biden, in a sense, comes out as the winner. Not that he necessarily won the debate straight up. I mean, they were both awful. They were both god-awful. I can't really put to words how just ridiculous, incoherent this whole thing is. I mean, if you want to understand, watch it. I just tried to pull out what substantive things I could to try to make a show about. But Biden exceeded expectations. Trump just, I mean, he personified the things people don't like about him. If they have another debate, I mean, you could see Biden's camp saying, you know what, we're done debating because he showed up, he was coherent. They can't say he's senile. I mean, you can, but you can't, off that, you can say, look, he handled himself fine. And you don't have to worry about a second time and uh, him screwing up. I mean, the first Trump-Clinton debate, Trump didn't do very well in either, but he came back, he started getting in the swing of things so if there is another debate or two more or whatever trump needs to if he wants to win if he wants to actually persuade people he needs to 
hit on why people voted for him last time. The economy, jobs, America first. Not this PC garbage, not hating America, not political correctness, not critical race theory, not the Green New Deal. I mean, just hit on the big things and why you're different. But getting wrapped into all this stupid stuff, trying to make everything an insult, not letting your opponent get a word in, I mean, it's just such a turnoff to so many people. And I also think it was very telling that foreign policy wasn't mentioned once. Foreign policy is one of the few issues the president is constitutionally authorized to be in. Now, he's not allowed to declare war unilaterally, but if we're at war, um, he can direct that. And, of course, presidents have been the ones declaring war since World War II. Foreign policy is not mentioned once. Instead, we're talking about all this domestic tinkering that the president really, 99% of it, isn't even supposed to be in. I wonder why that is. Well, probably because all the neocons at Fox, I mean, Trump came in in 16, talked about not being in these endless forever wars, how it hurts our economy, how um, we're spending our blood, our treasure, our young men and women, which really shook things up. The neocons at Fox don't want to hear that because uh, Trump is definitely the peace candidate out of the two. Uh, We know if Biden was president, just like if Hillary had won, We'd be at war everywhere, um, you know, to no end. That would have been a good point for Trump. Had foreign policy, he could have differentiated himself there. It's the mainstream media. They don't want anyone talking about peace because they're so engaged in the military-industrial complex. In that constitution, not really a concern to them. So those are my takeaways. Uh, Just just awful. I mean, it was not enjoyable at all to watch, so... I doubt many people sat through the entire thing. I just did because for this episode. But um, those are my takes. Hope you enjoyed. Again, thank you so much for the support. And uh, we'll see you soon. Take care.